the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. Kate Winslet micro expressions, 1800s teen angst. She is one of the most humble people. I love the character growth. She's award winning, well known. Yeah, I love this. She's 100% this character. She has this gumption off the charts. She is amazing. Oh, so classic. Bold, valiant, daring. So much grit, a lot of tears, a lot of boobs. A life lesson, you know? A life lesson from Kate Winslet. Yes. Welcome to Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Allie. And I'm Ann. We love Kate Winslet. So this season, we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Romance and Cigarettes, which was released in 2005. Kate plays a character named Tula. And in this wacky sing-along musical, Nick (laughs) Murder's Affair upends his life until he's forced to come back to reality. You can watch this for free on Tubi or the Roku channel, or you can rent it on Amazon. I don't advise spending any money watching this movie or watching it at all. (laughs) Agreed. But if you do, don't rent it. It's not worth the rental fee. No, it is not. Oh my gosh. So from here on out, there will be spoilers, but just stick with us for this one. You don't need to watch the movie, but you do want to hear about the ridiculousness of this. You do. You really do. Okay. So for the plot of Romance and Cigarettes, we gave it a 5 out of 10. The movie opens with a voiceover, quote, when a woman bends over, a man sees a jelly donut. So just like, (laughs) that's that's the level we're starting at here. Okay. All right. Set the bar in your brain. Okay. This is, this is where we're at. Yeah. Is the bar set in your brain? Go one step lower because the first shot is a close up of the bottom of a big toe of a man who's asleep and snoring. So good things are happening here. A girl comes out and says, daddy, seemingly checking if he's awake and then puts a lit cigarette between his toes. Maybe as a joke. I'm not sure. I'm clear. We never know. We never find out why. I'm clear. But this is the actress from Weeds, Mary Louise Parker, which I'm like, what are you doing here? There are so many famous people in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's one of those. It's like it's like a movie 43 kind of situation where I'm like, what are you all doing here? Yeah, like why did you all do this? Just wait till you guys yes. hear all these names. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to reveal a bunch of them to you right now. So there's this montage scene of the man. His name is Nick Murder, both proper nouns, first name, last name. Nick Murder is played by James Gandolfini from The Sopranos, he's driving around and seemingly fantasizing about a woman who's Kate, or we already know her name's Tula. When he gets home, his wife, whose name is Kitty Kane, two Ks, (laughs) played by Susan Sarandon, what the heck, has found an explicit love note from him to his lover Tula, played by Kate. He claims it's all in her head, and they're arguing when their daughters, we think maybe they're supposed to be teenagers, honestly not sure, but their daughters walk in and are let in on what happened. And as they argue, Nick tells Kitty she should just go back to, quote, him, indicating an old lover. And one of their daughters is played by Mandy Moore. Why? Why? Mandy. Mandy. (laughs) You're You're too pure and sweet for this situation. What are you doing here? Get out. Go home. Nick. Oh, boy. Nick walks out of the house and starts singing. We are shocked to learn this is a musical of sorts, and it is so over-the-top and cheesy. There's, like, men swinging on poles, leaping around, singing into the hose of its microphone, and they sing a song called Lonely is a Man Without Love, and we're like, what on earth is happening? Yeah, like, clearly it's a spoof on musicals, but I'm, like, I don't know what's going on with this movie, Do I love that it's a musical? I'm not sure yet as we're watching this. (laughs) 
Right, right. That night, the cops get called to their house for a domestic disturbance. Nick and the cop bond over being in the military, and they leave him alone. And it's kind of sad knowing that that exact scenario must play out more than we would like to think it does. Yeah. At his construction job, Nick and his buddy Angelo, played by Steve Buscemi, are talking. (laughs) I can't take Steve Buscemi's face seriously. I don't care what character he's playing. I just can't look at him. Steve Buscemi is probably the one who makes the most sense in this movie. I'm like, yeah, you belong here. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. (laughs) So I have to say, Steve Buscemi was excellent in Boardwalk Empire. That's the role I've taken him most seriously in. Yeah, I mean, he has some good roles, but I feel like it just, he works in this too. Yes, he does. Nick confides in him about his affair with a redhead. And note, we're like, Susan Sarandon is also a redhead. He's pitching it like it's very exciting and different, but it's like, your wife is also a redhead. So why is that the exciting descriptor you're you're using? We then see Kate, or Tula, dancing around in a red dress in the street while smoking. She dances in a burning building while firefighters initially try to put out the fire, and then they, like, join her in this, like, (laughs) sexy dance. (laughs) And we're like, what's happening? Uh, it's just a musical number scene it's not real yeah it's not real (laughs) angelo told nick he needed to put the fire out no matter how hot it is and both nick and angelo make appearances as firefighters in this like musical number (laughs) right it's just like a fantasy daydream yeah kitty goes to church and walks in on a very dramatic over-the-top choir rehearsal and we see their youngest daughter named baby this is Mandy Moore's character, making out with her boyfriend just aggressively. It is 100% giving the vibes of the Eunice kiss at the end of She's the Man. (laughs) It's so gross. Oh, man. At church, Kitty sings Peace of My Heart with the choir backing her up and dancing. There's this montage of her with the choir, Baby with her boyfriend who's doing kung fu, their other daughter jamming on her guitar. Nick calls Tula, who teases him. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Okay. Tula makes a comment about being with a circumcised man, and we're only keeping that note in because it does become relevant to the plot for some unknown reason later. Much to our chagrin. Who wrote this movie? They have phone sex when the song's continuing, his wife singing with the church choir. It's just chaos. We're like, was this really Susan Sarandon singing? It's this like sultry, smoky voice. It's just a lot happening. Nick dreams that Kitty is at his gravesite, and the headstone says, Nick murder, husband, father, adulterer. And she's visiting his gravesite with her old love, and the old lover pees on his headstone. <laughs> Okay, and the old lover of kitties, I'd been trying to place who the guy was without Googling him, and Scott either watched this with me or was just walking through the room, and he's like, he's the bad guy from Ghost, but he's also the president from Scandal, so Uh, that guy. Tony uh, Goldwyn. There you go. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Cousin Bo, played by Christopher Walken moment of silence, comes to visit Kitty, asking what's wrong, looking for details on Nick's affair. Nick asks Angelo about circumcision. He then goes to a urologist to have one performed because Tula talked about it. Right. Baby and her boyfriend have a band. They're practicing in the backyard. Also, her sisters play the guitar and drums, and I really can't tell how old they are. Like, are they adults living at home? Are they old teenagers? There's just really no saying how old they are. It's all very confusing. And also, I'm like, what is Nick planning on telling his wife about his adult circumcision? (laughs) Don't know. (laughs) Kitty and Bo drive off to confront Tula, the mistress. 
They ring a doorbell, but Tula is not there. Also, we get another dance number in this scene. They're carrying umbrellas. It's not raining. Apparently, it's just for this dance number so they can, you know, dance with some umbrellas. Classic musical scene. Yes. (laughs) And then this song plays, but it's not even Susan Sarandon singing the song. She's just singing along with the soundtrack to the movie. Like, she's not, we're like, you're 50% of the way there. Next, we see Tula and Nick talking, we think in like a memory or flashback. We learn that Tula works at a lingerie shop. She talks about what attracted her to Nick, which was... Him working with his shirt off, quote, gut out. Ugh. Why? <laughs> <laughs> then we see Nick laying on the couch, icing his groin area post-op. <laughs> Next, we see Baby's band playing I Want Candy while her boyfriend dances. Kitty walks in on it, and it's an engagement celebration. Kitty thinks this is ridiculous and tells them it's not happening. So I guess maybe they're young enough that she wants to shut it down. Right. They argue Kitty doesn't want her daughter following the same path as her and ending up hurt and loveless. She tells Baby to get a life and then do love. Baby asks if Kitty loves Nick. She says she did, but now she doesn't. They got married because she was lonely and he was handsome, which is very sad. Thank God at least Mandy Moore sings in this, but it was only a snippet of the song, not the whole thing. Yeah, give the people what they want. We see a ridiculous sex scene between Tula and Nick. Laying in bed after, Tula eats fried chicken with her bare hands. (laughs) Gross. Apparently, they really like each other. She asks what they're going to do about their future. When she asks what he likes about her, she seems maybe a little disappointed when he only mentions, like, sexual things or things about her body, even though that seems to be the whole nature of their relationship from what we've seen. Right. Also, his breathing in this scene is just loud. I cannot stand loud mouth breathers, and I'm like, stop it. (laughs) Also, the fried chicken, so unfortunate. This reminded me of Little Nicky. Just... Not the vibes I'm looking for from any movie, so that was upsetting. Oh, that's a bad sign. Yeah. Cue another song. Tula sings to Nick and dances, and the song is about whether she can dream of a wedding day with him. Baby tells her dad, Nick, that she's getting married, but that Kitty, her mom's against it. And Nick says he's against it, too. They have a little heart-to-heart. Baby tells her boyfriend she can't get married right now, and she just wants to date longer. He tells her it's all or nothing, and she's not in the band anymore. (laughs) But, like, the other band members are her sisters, so I don't really know how he can kick her out. Right. (laughs) He runs off. Nick is watching this happen from the window and having some tummy troubles. They call an ambulance because he ate a whole tub, four pounds of black licorice. And he tells his daughters to tell Kitty that he's truly sorry. Ew, okay, black licorice has got to be one of the worst candies of all time for me. Thoughts on it and or worst candy of all time. I hate black licorice so much. I think it's disgusting. Um, I just don't like that flavor in general. I don't really like tarragon either. Let's see, worst candy. Uh, Charleston Chews, terrible. Hmm, haven't had those in a long time, but yeah, why would I? It just like hurts. Oh, cinnamon flavored candy I think is disgusting. Hmm, okay. You? Black licorice is up there for me, but I also don't love a lot of, like, gummy candies or fruity candies. Like, I'm not into gummy bears. I'm not into, like, dots or things like that. Mm -hmm. Just not my thing. I feel like I learned this year that dots, people love dots. Really? Like, I had several people tell me this year that dots are their favorite candy, and I was shocked. A lot of love for dots. Who knew? That is shocking. Right? Seems like maybe they haven't tried all the candies in the world. (laughs) What do you think is, like, a, an underrated candy? Oh, Heath Bars. Mm. Like, toffee? Mm. What about you? Uh, I would say 100 grands. I think they're Ooh. underrated. 
Also, I know you can't have these, but Mr. Good Bars, they have peanuts in them. Yeah, I can't have that, but yeah. They're always left over in like the Halloween candy, and I'm always like, well, I'll snag those. <laughs> or even like mounds. Like I love yeah. the Almond Joy mounds. Yeah. Oh, also banana Laffy Taffy, kind of polarizing. I feel like people either love it or hate it. I love it. So Me good. Me too. Me too. Kitty and Bo go to the lingerie shop where Tula works, and she asks Tula to help her pick out underwear to help a man lose his mind. It's a very weird interaction, as you can imagine. (laughs) And ultimately, Kitty confronts Tula, calling her loose. They start fighting in the store and cue another song called Redheaded Woman. And I'm like, you're both redheads. (laughs) Right. Come on. Also, until Kitty tackled her, it's like not quite clear if Tula knows who Kitty is, like if she knows that's Nick's wife or not. So she was just like politely nodding along to Kitty's strange comments, like until this whole fight broke out. Yeah, she's like, okay, crazy. What's happening? Nick's mom comes to visit him in the hospital. Angelo is also there. She lectures Nick about having an affair, smoking, getting circumcised. Seems like he comes from a line of cheaters and she's just admonishing him and trying to reset him on the right path. Mm -hmm. Nick and Tula meet up next to a lake and he breaks up with her, saying he needs to go home to his wife. And that he, quote, almost loves her. <laughs> he claims he's going to change. Tula's upset and tries to convince him not to leave her and to hook up one more time before he goes. He says no, and we get an imagined scene where he throws her into the lake. And as she's underwater, she breaks out into another dramatic ballad <laughs> called You Take My Breath Away. Nick tries to reconcile with Kitty, apologizing and begging for one more chance. He says he loves her and will do anything. And he brings a dog home. Cute dog, though. <laughs> yeah. Their neighbor shovels snow from their sidewalk into Nick's yard, causing them to get into an altercation. Nick and the guy fight in the street, and eventually Kitty steps in and hits the guy with a small tree. Yes, you heard that correctly. A small tree to stop the fight. Yes, that she literally, like, ripped out of the ground. (laughs) Oh, man. This kind of, like, joint effort allows Kitty and Nick to start talking again, and they seem to start to reconnect. Common enemy. Unfortunately, Nick is diagnosed with lung cancer. He goes to church and confesses for the ways he's wronged his wife and his family. He goes home and asks Kitty to scare him once in a while to let him know he's still alive, and she agrees. When he's laying in a hospital bed, Kitty comes in and scares him with a knife. She just, like, pulls a knife on him. They laugh. uh, They say they love each other, and then Nick dies, and that's the end of the movie. And I'm like, what the heck was the point of that? I don't know that there was one. Yeah, it's just, like, the weirdest sequence of events. There is no real lesson. You're like, why is it a musical? Why is his last name murder? We never get that. Right. I didn't do, like, a ton of digging on this, but there are so many actors from The Sopranos in this. And this came out when The Sopranos was still filming and airing. Like, the third daughter is Janice Soprano, who's Tony Soprano's sister in the show. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like you know, all the Italian guys, James Gandolfini, Steve mm-hmm. Buscemi, like all these guys. So I don't know if like there there was some connection with that. I don't know. I never know how these people come together for these strange movies. Yeah. And I'm just like, what was the inspiration behind this? There's like, I don't know. What is it? I, I do have to give them, they were all very committed to the silliness of it, the overdone nature of it, like the weird spoof on the musical take, like they, they committed to the bit. <laughs> Yeah, but I wish they'd committed a little bit more to the musical aspect because the main cast just, like, sings over a recording of songs. Yes. So they do go way over the top with how they do, like, 
very typical musical tropes and that's kind of funny but I'm like I want you to actually sing even if it's bad like I think that would have made it that would have fit the vibe of the movie better agreed have to note this is yet another Kate Winslet movie where the resolution of the movie is for the main character to die so we're really seeing a trend here this happens in so many of her movies it really like a lot of them yes oh so strange overall I just don't get this movie I just don't get it yeah, I just didn't care about anybody. I like felt like maybe I was rooting for Mandy Moore just because she's Mandy Moore, but like that was the only character I felt really drawn to at all. Right. Agreed. But this had a, a 52% critic score and 56% audience score, so people are like very middle of the road on whether they liked this or not. And I do feel like there is a genre of people who would think that this movie is hilarious and would love it. I don't think I'm one of those people. Oh, yeah. It's not for us. Yeah. I told you yesterday, I, a while ago, saw someone post on Facebook that this movie, Romance and Cigarettes, is their comfort movie, like their favorite movie. I'm like, what the heck? I don't get that at all. No, I don't get that at all. What do you take comfort in? (laughs) I don't know. That life is chaos? I'm not sure. Oh my goodness. I mean, I do appreciate a comfort movie being a musical, but this is not the musical I would choose. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. So for Kate's character, Tula... We gave her a 4 out of 10. There's not a lot good we can say about her. She is very crude. She's like completely sex crazed all the time. It's kind of all we know about her. We don't really get to learn a lot. She doesn't show much growth. We, you know, we don't find ourselves rooting for her or finding her very likable overall. Yeah, I wish we saw a little bit more of what's underneath because she does seem disappointed when Nick only gives her kind of surface level compliments about what he likes about her. And then also when she's, like, greeting Kitty at the store. Because before she knows who Kitty is, she does seem kind of likable. Yeah, she's, like, nice to her. Yeah, she's a different demeanor, I guess, in that instance. So I just wish we, like, had seen a different side of her. Right. And then also they brought her into the movie kind of late. Like, we get a glimpse of her at the beginning. But then she's not really brought in as a major plot point until much later in the movie. And then... At that point, we aren't really attached to her. We don't have time to grow attached to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. It was very weirdly structured considering his affair is like the whole point of the movie, that she's not a bigger part of it sooner right, other right. than the fire scene at the, at the beginning. Yeah. But I will say she gets a point at least for a variety of character types here because this is a very different character for Kate Winslet. So true. So for Kate's acting here, we gave her a 6 out of 10. It was okay. It's kind of hard to rate this because it's meant to be over-the-top acting. It's meant to kind of be making fun of a lot of different tropes. It didn't come across supernatural from her, but I don't know that it was meant to. I think it was meant to just kind of be like... Awkward. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Yeah, it made it hard to rate for sure. She also has an Irish accent. We did not mention that before, but that's just a thing she threw in there. I feel like Kate Winslet was like, I think she should be Irish. Yeah. She just like went with it, you know? She's like, I haven't done that one yet. Let me do that. Yeah. (laughs) She does really put it all out there because like you said, this is like an overdone character. It's meant to be over the top. She doesn't hold back. And I don't remember at what point we watched this movie. I mean, I think, especially when we're looking back at like, holy smoke, (laughs) even hideous, kinky, like those kinds of roles I guess this isn't, like, as far of left field, but I would say on, like, her, if we had, like, a scale of super exotic or, like, eccentric characters to, like, super buttoned up, like, her period piece, like, Pride and Prejudice characters, like, this is definitely pushing the boundaries on the eccentric side. Yeah. 
So I did not love her character, but I did think she pulled it off. Yeah. And I'm not sure how many people could do that and also pull off all of that other spectrum of roles that she's done. Yeah. So that's impressive. That's true. So for our bonus category, feisty, we gave her a one out of two here. She's a bit feisty. You know, she's fiery redhead over the top. She goes after what she wants. So she's got some feistiness there. Yeah. Agreed. She got one for that. And for what you watch again, no surprise, we gave this a one out of five. I think maybe if it was actually a true musical, maybe, but it is not. So no. <laughs> Agreed. It's a no from me. <laughs> so to review for Romance and Cigarettes, we gave the plot a 5 out of 10, Kate's character Tula a 4 out of 10, her acting a 6 out of 10, a feisty score of a 1 out of 2, and a Would You Watch Again score of a 1 out of 5, bringing it to a total of 17 out of 37 points, meaning that Romance and Cigarettes is ranked number 43. Of all 46 Kate Winslet movies. So it is really far down there. Falls right in between Triple Nine and Movie 43. Whew. It's a doozy. That's rough. Maybe a miss that we didn't put Movie 43 ranked as number 43, but whatever. I know. I thought about that when we recorded that episode. I was like, we should have just made that happen. <laughs> it was so close. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com or support us at buymeacoffee.com slash girlcrushpod for as little as $3 a month. You can tune in next time when we'll be talking about the reunion movie of Kate and Leo, yes. Revolutionary Road. Leo. Bye. Bye.